Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Second Tier Podcast. I'm Ryan Dilks and I'm joined by Justin. Wait, no, I'm not. I'm joined by a better version of Justin. It's Nick. Hooray! It's the right. That is the right answer. <laughs> How are you? I'm very much the um, the Ray Lewington of this scenario. I oh think. yeah, yeah. That is a reference that is much older <laughs> than what I'm capable. Well, no, I mean I, he always used to get like. Someone they'd sack someone, wouldn't they? And he'd come in and be the manager for a couple of games, oh, okay. and then someone else would come in and he'd just do that yeah. forever. I I think you're better than that. But thank you. There you go. The Steve Keen. <laughs> no, definitely not say that. Yeah. <laughs> right, let's go into the games because it has been a very interesting week in the championship. Some would say probably just a typical week in the championship. Nick, we'll start with one of the big surprises of the weekend. That was Reading one. Preston nil. Matt Miazga scoring in the 98th minute. A great start for Mark Bowen. Yeah. Um, next time I'm in a job and I'm put in charge of recruiting somebody to do it, I might just go, oh, do you know what? I'll do it myself. Um, which seems to be pretty much what's happened at Reading. Um, it's, you know, I do like play acting and injury being punished by someone scoring in the 98th minute. There's something slightly rewarding about that. Um, they looked all right, Reading, I thought. They looked pretty... I, I think they're, uh, on paper, pretty decent side, aren't they? But yeah. But just yeah. haven't really, you know, haven't really started very well. Yeah, that's something we've been saying, that they've got the players. And with the players they've got, they're probably a mid-table team, really. But... They've just not got going. Something needed to change with Jose Gomez, didn't it? It wasn't working. So the sacking probably was the right decision. Whether Mark Varin turns out to be the right decision, we'll have to wait and see. We haven't actually spoke about it yet because he was only appointed this week. How do you see this playing out as a whole? Well, you're right. I mean, they spent more money net than anybody else, I think, last summer, didn't they? I mm. think they were the top spenders. Mainly um, with Puskas. My, my issue, if I was a Reading fan, was would be that I think Mark Bowen has learnt most of what he knows as a manager from Mark Hughes, which, you know, 15 years ago might have been OK. Now, I'm not sure quite so much. I think he's got the job till the end of the season, hasn't yeah. he? But yeah. I think that, again, is going to depend, because if there's no noticeable upturn, then you wonder whether they'll just... I was, I was going to say get a proper manager in, but you know what I mean, get somebody a bit more tried and tested. Yeah. Finbar, the biscuit man on Twitter, says, just about deserved against an out-of-sorts Preston. Signs already that Bone will make Reading harder to play against. A few more ugly wins will be welcome. And that's it, really, isn't it? Just getting points on the board, I suppose. Well, Reading's last three goals have been scored in the 89th minute or later, I think, which is that's a, a pretty good start. sign. That is a great um, start. 
you've also got to bear in mind that Preston are terrible away, aren't they, Matthew? Is it one? They won at Birmingham, didn't they, earlier mm. in the season? But I think that's their only away win this season. Um, so they are notoriously rubbish um, on the road as well. Um, I think Reading will be fine. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk Preston then, because this was a really poor performance from Preston. And as you say, their away form compared to their home form is really concerning. Yeah, I mean, considering that, I say, I think they won once, I think they've drawn, they drew at Forest, I think, they've had a couple of draws away, but um, I don't, I'd like to see Preston go up, I think they're overdue a promotion, you know, they had a couple of chances in the, yeah, in the, you know, 10 years ago, whatever, they they had a couple of seasons where they nearly went up, so I think that it would be good for them, but I don't think, winning at home is great, you've got to start picking up points away. Yeah, especially if they want to get in the playoffs, which I suppose is their aim this season. Declan Rudds didn't cover himself in glory no. with the goal. If you had to pick out a weak link in that Preston team, would you say it is Declan Rudd? Yeah, pro- probably. Um, you know, I think they're the top scorers in the division, aren't they? So I think mm. they've got no problem... Uh, or one of the top scorers. They've got no problem going forwards, I don't think. I think they're a really decent team. It's just, I don't know what it is about going away that, you know, whether they have to tweak something in the tactics or something that's going to, you know, start getting them results. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't a great... I mean, it went through his hands, the goal, didn't it? Which, you know, I think a point would have maybe been a fair result. Mm. I'm not sure because Preston were really poor here, but there you go. That's a... Reading v Preston. Let's move on to Stoke 2. Fulham nil. Lee Gregory wrapped up the points for the Potters. Two wins in two now for Nathan Jones. And the scenes afterwards of, of him on the pitch. He loved it, didn't he? Oh, it's, it's fantastic. <laughs> I, I actually got a bit emotional watching it because we obviously talk about the championship so much. And seeing him, because it obviously means so much to him, seeing him do that maybe because I was really drunk at the time, <laughs> it just did something inside of me that made me think, go on, kid, go on, do it. Well, he, you sort of, you can understand why, can't you? Considering mm. the, how bad a start they've had. I mean, you know, they've been poor in some games, haven't they? But they've been a little bit unlucky as well. They've had games where they've played OK and, and they've come been out very unlucky. Yeah. yeah. So to get a win last time out, great. Two wins in a row. I think their first home win in... Is it 230 days or something since they last won at home? 11 games, I think. Um, I think that, you know, I'm old enough to remember Kevin Campbell, <laughs> in fairness. Where are you going so, with this? Well, his son scored the goal, didn't he? It was his, old Tyrese. His, his Campbell's, yeah. Kevin Campbell's son, I think, scored their first goal. Nice finish. Um, you know, definite penalty for the second. You know, good for Lee Gregory. Uh, tuck that away. So... You know, considering their players, it was only a matter of time, I think, before whether that was under Nathan Jones or somebody else, that Stoke started to put some results together. Mm. Um, and again, you know, they're playing a decent team as well. I mean, Fulham, you know, decent side. Yeah, that's it. Swansea and Fulham, they've got the two wins against. So we're not talking about two relegation. And Wigan, and, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, it's a really two impressive r- results. And as you say, Tyrese Campbell, only 19, very highly rated. Hopefully him scoring means he'll play more. But going back to Nathan Jones, as you say, they have been performing really well, but just not getting 
the goals, really. And that's been their downfall. But now that Nathan Jones has got these two wins on the board, and you've got to remember as well, before the Swansea game, people were talking that if they didn't get a result from that game, he'd be gone. Yeah, He was on the brink. And it's completely turned around. I mean, it is only two wins, so we won't get too carried away with ourselves. But it's great to see. And personally, I hope Nathan Jones and Stoke just rise up the table now because he looked really distressed (laughs) during the losing run during his interviews afterwards. We'll quickly touch on Fulham because they are 10th now. And we keep saying this, their team... If they don't finish in the playoffs, at least this season, it has been a terrible, terrible season for Scott Parker, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, I'm, the problem with Fulham is I'm not sure what it is that they're trying to do. I mean, they I saw this yesterday. They had 78% possession <sighs> against Stoke. And you think, right, OK, but what what what's the point? Mm. You know, what is the point of having the ball for three quarters of the time if you've you know, they had fewer shots on target, fewer shots. Obviously, they didn't score. You know, and, and like you say, it's the best, it's arguably the best starting eleven in the division. You know, they've got an England keeper. You know, people like um, Tom Kearney. I love Tom Kearney. You know, they should be easily challenging for... Automatic. Automatic, yeah. Um, so I don't know whether it's the inexperience of the manager or... He's trying to get them to play a possession-based game, which does just doesn't seem to work. You know, we'll come to Derby in a minute, who sort of seem to be doing the same sort of thing. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think it is exactly that, the inexperience of the manager, because they're passing the ball off the park, but they're not doing anything with it. I mean, Stoke in this game, even though they only had, what was it, 70... Was 20, 22% possession. So, so they've had yeah. the ball for a fifth of the game but dominated they, it yeah basically it's. <laughs> yeah they still won on unexpected goals so Bettinelli's uh, made a couple of amazing saves yeah yeah it's yeah. it's very strange yeah. it's very puzzling but I, I I just can't see what's going on at Fulham and why is it why they're not doing better really because as we say the team incredible let's go on to probably the game of the weekend, Brentford 3, Millwall 2. Brentford were 2-0 down in the 83rd minute and the limbs at the end of this match, f- sensational, but it's a much-needed win for Brentford, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, even up to the point where, you know, even up to the 80th minute, they're 2-0 down, um, you know, a penalty, a bit of a sort of goal mass scramble. They're, I mean, by that point, they'd had a penalty save, they did the woodwork, they'd done everything but score... Um, and then yeah three goals in the last 10 minutes or whatever it was um, an absolute blinder of a second goal mm. um, really good finish um, and what I did wonder at the end of it whether that's going to be what they need whether that is the moment where it goes starts going right for Brentford because it hasn't really has it I mean you no. know at the start of the season you were talking them up as you know champions potentially um, and it hasn't really happened um, but I do wonder whether, you know, they had 23 shots to Millwall's eight, you know, did everything but score, then scored three goals, took all three points. I think Thomas Frank after the game was really pleased with the response, um, you know, to going behind. So I wonder whether that could be the trigger that, you know, sends them on a bit of a run, which you think they ought to 
go on, really. Yeah, yeah. Josh De Silva scored as well. He's been quite a frustrating player this season, but he's only 21, has loads of potential. Yeah. Uh, De Silva changed the game, says Chris on Twitter. Uh, not been the most impressive when he started earlier this season, but you can imagine him getting the nod again soon. So another one we'll have to keep an eye on. Millwall then letting go of a 2-0 lead so late on is a bit poor, isn't it, really? Yeah, I mean, they were... You know, to say that the two nil up was against the run of play was be a bit of an understatement. I think if even if you're a Millwall fan, you've got to admit that you know they were they were lucky to go ahead. Uh, you know, by that margin. Um, interested just to see if they get in. You know, uh, there's what are they now? They are seventeenth in the table. Mm. Um, what where, what's the what's the aim if you're a Millwall fan this season? Safety mid table maybe. I don't know, but. You'd say safety at this point, wouldn't I you? I think so. I think it'd be interesting to see if they get in. Um, yeah, speaking of that, they have held talks with Adam Barrett, who's obviously the caretaker manager at the moment, Gareth Ainsworth and Gary Rowett over the vacant manager's job. Out of those, who would you fancy? Um, it's a funny one, Gareth Ainsworth, hasn't it? Because he was, you know, he's been in demand, hasn't he? Because he was, Sunderland were very interested, I mm-hmm. think, last week before they, they hired Phil Parkinson. They were interested in him. He's done an incredible job at Wickham, you know, bearing in mind their resources and stuff. An amazing job. Um, it's just one of those ones where you wonder whether you take somebody who's been at a club a long time out of that environment. It sometimes doesn't work, does it, when you put them in somewhere else? We've seen that before, I think, where people have, you know, been at a club for years and years and years. Was it who's the Port Pie guy? Is that Paul Tisdale? Was it when he went to MK Dons and he'd been there for years and he'd done an amazing job and you know took a high, job in a high league somewhere else and it just all went to pot, didn't it? Was that him? Was Can't that him? remember. Anyway, just, yeah, I just yeah. wonder whether that would be the same with uh, Gareth Ainsworth. I don't know. Yeah, I mean Gary Rowett. Oh, Gary Rowett. Gary Rowett seems to be the standout choice for me. If I had to pick, well, experience of the division, I suppose, more than anything. Mm. Uh, he's you know, organised, isn't he? If... Yeah. He's not the most popular manager at other clubs in the league, but he does have a half-decent record. He hasn't particularly won anything, but he left Birmingham in a better position than when he left. Derby, not really much of a change. Stoke, we'll ignore that. <laughs> but... would, you, his, would it be fair to say his style might suit Millwall? Cause he's, well, I he's think not... his style will definitely <laughs> suit Millwall. I don't mean that in a nasty way, but he does play a, on the industrial scale. It's... Up there, isn't it? Industrial scale shithouse. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Also a shout out for Tom Bradshaw. He's now got three in his last three. Looks like he's really kicking on now. Let's go to Luton 3, Bristol City 0. Harry Cornick was amongst the goals. This was a bit unexpected. Luton, one win in their last five. Bristol City unbeaten in their last ten. But Luton deserving of the win. Yeah, and they played really, really well. I mean, there were three exceptionally good goals as well. The second one, um, was it the first one? Yeah. Penny Woodix. Yeah. Um, I think Graham Jones had changed the system. I think he went to a 3-5-2. Um, you know, playing against Brussels City, notoriously pretty hard to break down. Like you say, not lost since the first day of the season. Um, and they essentially tore him to pieces, you know. Fairly even first half, but second half, Luton were exceptional. And... I think that it's, I think Graham Jones said after the game, you know, this is what we've been working for four months towards. And today you've seen what all the hard work has been about. And maybe they haven't played it that well. You know, they've they've won some games obviously earlier in the season. But I think maybe you saw what Luton potentially are about 
in that win. Yeah. And fully deserved. Yeah, Jamie on Twitter says this is the game where he announced our true arrival onto the championship stage. Superb from start to finish. Daniel says a great round of performance. First time we've looked really solid this season. Tactics spot on from Jones. It's also worth mentioning you said first clean sheet of the season. I don't want to speculate too much about how much that's got to do with Simon Sluger being dropped because we've mentioned him plenty of times on this yep. on this show and some of the uh, clangers he's made this season, but a really good result for Luton, as you say. Uh, Bristol City, I've said quite a lot that Lee Johnson is a bit of a streaky manager where he goes on these long runs where they're unbeaten and then they'll lose six in a row or something like that. I just get the feeling this might be the start of a bad run of form. Well, he's a funny one, isn't it? Because... You know, they've done pretty well, haven't they, for a couple of years. I mean, he was fairly on the brink, wasn't he, at one point. The fans absolutely hated him, didn't they? I think they hated the style, they hated it. And then, obviously, he's brought them, relatively speaking, success over the last couple of seasons. Uh, bad, bad day at the office, maybe. Luton played very well, I don't know. Um, Injuries might be catching up with Yeah, him. I think that, you know, Ashley Williams played yesterday, scored an own goal. Slightly unfortunate, I suppose, but... Are they as good as they were this time last season? I don't know. It's hard I still to say, think going it? forward, there's question marks. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, they have signed the striker, Rodri. He's a free agent after leaving Granada in the summer. He had a loan spell at Wednesday a few seasons ago. He got five goals in 33 games last season. So I imagine he'll just be back up to Jeju. Yeah. I don't know anything about him, but that sounds like a terrible record for a striker. But no, yeah. not great, no. is it? Charlton 3, Derby 0. A massive result for Charlton. Loads of injuries, but they've absolutely smashed Derby here. Um, I think this is, is... Would it be fair to say this is a result that might have bitten you on the arse? Because you've been absolutely convinced, haven't you, that Charlton mm. are overachieving? Yeah, I still think they are. And I... I mean... Tom on Twitter says, uh, "If we keep this up, I don't see any reason why we can't why we can maintain our top half finish this season. I think I, I can't see them finishing top half. I think there's too many good teams in this division for them to be in the top half and maintain their performances from this season. They're obviously missing Lyle Taylor at the moment, so it's hard to say. But yeah." Charlton, much better than Derby here. We'll get on to Derby in a sec. We'll just touch a bit more on uh, how good a result this is for Charlton, though. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Macaulay Bonds, good, again, great finish for the first goal across the front of the first defender. Really good finish, shows that, you know, he stepped up from non-league. Uh, I mean, Conor Gallagher, what a peach of a strike that is. He's is a that his fifth, player. fifth goal of the season, I think? Something You know, like from midfield or whatever. So, you know, again, absolutely deserved you know they they you know again despite having i think they had 38% possession charlton um, missing as you say key players fullbacks Lyle Taylor but still ran out comfortable winners yep lee Bowyer wasn't there though he was given a touchline in the press box wasn't he yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's after his comments to a match official he's alleged to have said you were absolutely horrendous tonight i bet you are pleased i see you looked after your mate from your academy days how do you feel if someone spoke to you like that, Nick? That's unbelievably rude. It's, it's That's the rude, politest 
politest <laughs> ever thing I think someone's been done for offending somebody with. Yeah. Although, Derby then. Yeah. Uh, Connor says, I went to watch Derby County at the weekend. A cracking team performance and a great away win. Playoffs, here we come. Right. I think there's tongue firmly in cheek there. Right. Okay. Where do we start with this? with Derby because it seemed like they were just starting to pick up form a bit and then they put in an absolute stinker of a performance and it's I struggle to put my finger on where it's going wrong really I mean nights out aside we'll (laughs) we'll ignore that but on the pitch I I struggled to put my finger on it um okay well you know, with the best one in the world, Kieran Dale's not Harry Wilson, is he, for a start? So, no. you know, you lose Mason Mount, England international, you lose Harry Wilson, three goals for Bournemouth this season in the top flight. Tomorrow. You know, exactly. So, it's not as good a team as it was last season. I think that is fairly apparent, despite who they've brought in. Um I still think, got, I still think the keeper's a liability. Oh, I don't. Yeah. I still don't think that he's doing you any favours um, the good couple of results they've had recently I mean the Birmingham one was streaky you know they played pretty well but it was fairly fortunate wasn't it uh, that win I don't know it's difficult to know where what, what's they can't seem to get any consistent results again a bit like Fulham 62% possession had all the possession in the world had no idea what to do with it got hammered 3-0 so mm. is it the style of the manager I don't know yeah yeah we were talking about the Luton game before the international break and Derby were kind of fortunate to win that game and then this result I suppose in a way isn't a massive shock but you know it's just being a Derby fan is painful to say the least. <laughs> Barnsley won, Swansea won. Swansea fans not very happy with this result. Steve Cooper picked a bit of a weird lineup, really. Connor Roberts and Boya Baston were both benched. Baston, I can kind of understand because he's got one goal in his last seven games, despite a great start to the season. But now the Swans, they created so many chances in this game but just couldn't put them away and could have really used someone like Baston up top. Yeah, this is not a great result for Swansea, really, is it? No, but, I mean, it actually was a really good game. Um, You know, I think there was 30-odd shots, you know, 31 shots or something like that. Um, Barnsley actually played pretty well. Mm. You know, they could have won it. You could argue if you're a Swansea fan, Swansea should have won it. Uh, both keepers pretty made some pretty good saves. Freddie Woodman made a save from uh, Corley Woodrow in the first minute or so was absolutely outstanding. Um, you know, I think it's possibly a bet, almost a better result for Barnsley. You know, having gone one 0 oh, down, yeah. twenty yeah. minutes to go, respond. You know, I think they scored within a couple of minutes. But Swansea still unbeaten away, so you know, maybe a fair result. Yeah, they were very open defensively, which isn't very typical of this Swansea side because they've been a fairly Solid unit, yep. but not a great result. And we'll see. After, we'll have to see if they uh, bounce back in midweek. Barnsley then uh, they're still managerless, and caretaker manager Adam Murray is the current favourite to get the job. He's had spells at Mansfield and Boston United. If he gets the job, what the expectation is for him? Um, if you look at the bottom third of the table. 
and who is around Barnsley, you've got a fear for them because we've talked about Stoke going well. We'll talk about Huddersfield in a minute. You know, also down in the table going pretty well. Reading, you'd expect to pick up with the money they've spent. Middlesbrough down there, you can't see them going down. So if you look at who's down there, Barnsley are the obvious choice, I think, to go down. Um, so would you say it's a bit of a free hit for Adam Murray if he does get the job? Yeah, you'd say that, I think if it was halfway through the season and they were in this boat, I think you'd say absolutely yes. Is it early enough in the season that someone could come in and turn it around? It it probably is. You know, we've only had 12 games, haven't we? So whether they can, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I don't think Adam Murray pulled up any trees when he was Mansfield manager from memory. So He, he was very popular there because he's a bit of a club legend, yeah, yeah. but he, he left them in a better position than when he got there, so... Meh. Yeah. Yeah. Meh. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go on to Middlesbrough nil, West Brom 1. How Robson Carnu got the only goal of the game. Joseph on Twitter says it was a close game where West Brom unsurprisingly dominated, but Middlesbrough were resolute at the back, didn't offer too much going forwards, and then West Brom stole the win at the end. As he says, West Brom really made hard work of this. They created loads of chances, but didn't put them away. Do you subscribe to the theory that if a team doesn't play well, but they end up getting the three points, then it shows that they're a real quality team? I think, it, yeah, I, you, I sort of do, I think. that I don't think, you know, they were the, it was the best West Brom performance of the season. Um, you know, they had a few chances, as you say. Um, in such a competitive league... I do think that that matters. I do think that you've got to win ugly sometimes. Um, you know, we talk about Derby secondly, Derby two wins from the playoffs and two wins from the bottom three. So, you know, that that's how the championship works. So I think that there are some really good teams up there. So I think that Billich will be delighted with a scrappy 1-0 and a difficult place to go at a, at least theoretically, big-ish championship club, yeah. Yeah, you said just a minute ago you reckon Middlesbrough will improve. They've got one win in their last eight, one point outside the relegation zone. So you don't think they are in a relegation well, battle? They clearly are currently. I mean, again, still very early in the season. They've lost half their games so far, six out of 12. Um, they went for, for me, they went for the cheap option, manager-wise. Oh, I said this. Um, I don't... He honestly, I said this before on the pod when I was on before that he seems the most miserable bastard, Jonathan Woodgate. It just, you know, we talked about Ashley Fletcher, who I just don't think has done anything anywhere for somebody who's had a lot of money spent on them. Uh, Sombolonga seems to have forgotten where the goal is. Um, they just can't score. They just can't seem to create anything. You'd expect them to be defensively solid with a, I suppose, with Woodgate as the manager, but I can't see him going down. I, well, because because if they stay like this, they'll sack him and get somebody else in yeah. who clearly won't go down. So. Tony Pulis. <laughs> Tony Pulis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, as you said, they are just hovering above the relegation zone, but you've got Huddersfield and Stoke who are below them. And I definitely see Huddersfield going up the table. Yep. We'll talk about them in a, sto- in a sec. Stoke look like they've gone the cor- turned the corner. Yep. Then Reading, as we say, I could see them potentially getting better, maybe not mid-table, but there's a lot of teams near the bottom who I think could go further up the table. 
Middlesbrough, I just can't see that at the moment, despite no. they've got such a quality team. Yeah, I mean, it's a bit like the... Um... It's a bit like the Leicester winning the league, isn't it? I mean, how long through the season were we before we actually went, maybe this might actually happen? It was like March or April, wasn't it? Even though they were miles ahead. Mm. You know, right until that point, you were like, nah, 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 nah. And may you, in the Championship, if you look at, you know, you think the teams are, still might go down, they're a long way ahead of Middlesbrough. You know, you I don't know, your Birmingham's or your Luton's or whatever. So how long through the season do you go before you think, actually... They could go down in Middlesbrough. Yeah. You know, bigger yeah. teams than them have gone down, haven't they? So. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Leeds. Sund- Sunderland. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Leeds 1, Birmingham 0. Calvin Phillips got the three points for Leeds to celebrate the club's centenary. Loads of legends were there. Who's your favourite Leeds legend, Nick? Um, I don't have any. I don't uh, think I've liked anybody who's ever played for Leeds ever. I'll go with Luciano Becchio. This game was a deserved three points for Leeds, but it wasn't completely one-way traffic. However, Leeds will take it after going through a bit of a sticky patch. One win in their last four. Gordon Strachan. Oh, OK. Will that do? Yeah, oh, okay. yeah. I'll take Strachan. Um, yeah, I mean, it was obviously a massive occasion. There were loads of people there, didn't they? You know, all mm. the old players and stuff. I think it was the biggest crowd of the season as well. I was maybe slightly surprised that they were only 100 years old, considering there are 40-odd clubs in the league older than that that's know. a good point actually so they were formed in 1919 19, which is that's really late, late. Yeah. yeah i think i was just quite surprised that they were that young i suppose but i hadn't thought about that no. that is a really good point they are a really young club i think there are there's about half the league are older than leeds i think give or take yeah, yeah. which is weird anyway um where were we <laughs> Well, again, week in, week out, exactly the same thing. Amazing stats, amazing team, can't score. Yeah, well, that's it, isn't it? Same again. I think yeah. Bamford's not scored since August. And Ketia came on for the second half. Just can't score. Yeah, Bamford's had a interesting season where he gets goals, but the amount of chances he gets, you'd expect him to get some bloody goals. Yeah. But he, they just miss so many chances, it's frustrating. You mentioned Enketia. He's still yet to start a game this season, and some Leeds fans are worried he might get recalled if he doesn't get more game time. Are you worried about that, do you think? If um, you were a Leeds fan? Yeah, I mean... the Have you, have you watched the Leeds doc... The... I don't know if Amazon Prime. I'm too poor. Oh, right, okay. So, it, I mean, it's an interesting doc. I mean, the, the thing that I took from it was had they had the, they got the Dan James transfer over the line, they'd be in the Premier League now, I think. Um, they're not. And, again, they lost Kemal Roof in the close season. Patrick Bamford, he's, again, he's a bit like Ashley, Ashley. He's better than Ashley Fletcher. But for me, he's still one of the same. He's never torn up trees he's never scored a hatful of goals anywhere um you know and if you you know rod wallace scored loads of goals for leeds for god's sake you know if you get in the service you know i'd get 10 a season for leeds i reckon um it's good to with hear the, rod wallace with, mentioned <laughs> with the service that he gets so i don't know i have wondered actually for the last couple of weeks why they haven't given enketia a game considering how you know how few goals Bamford has scored while they haven't given him a run it because he scored in the cup didn't he He came on and played in the cup and scored some goals I think a lot of Leeds fans have been sharing your exact thought why isn't Nketiah starting because he keeps coming on as a sub at the end of every game 
I mean, he came on at half-time in this game. But, yeah, it's crazy that he's not getting more game time when they that's the last piece of the puzzle, really, for this Leeds team because, as you say, they dominate so many games. Uh, with Calvin Phillips scoring, though, it's a good time to talk about him because he is just quality, isn't he? He is a real quality player at this level. Yeah, Um not only is a quality player, but, you know, every club loves to have one of their own. And I think that, you know, Leeds born and bred and a brilliant player in the centre of the team is, um, you know, there's not a fan, there's not a Leeds fan doesn't want that. You know, everybody loves a homegrown player, don't they? So, uh, yeah, I know he scored the goal yesterday. Like they say, a nice, you know, if you're Leeds born, captain of the team, scored the goal that, you know, on their 100th birthday... You know, he must be buzzing, yeah. Yeah, and I keep... I've said this before. Calvin Phillips, for me, should be in the England setup. I know he's playing in the Championship, but he's such a quality player. He nearly moved to Villa for £30 million in the summer, but Leeds decided, no, we need to keep hold of him, and they're absolutely right to, because he's one of the best players in the league. And England need a holding midfielder, I mean, there's been loads of criticism about Declan Rice recently. And Calvin Phillips, for me, even though he's playing in the Championship, should be given a chance to play in that role. Because, I mean, he would have been a Premier League player if he had gone to Villa. And he probably would already be in the England setup. But because he's in the Championship, he's not getting a look in. And I think that's wrong, really. I mean, I mean, the last if you look at the last three or four seasons, the teams that have come up have been competitive, haven't they? I mean, you know, there was years where you came up, you went straight back down, that's how it worked. So the argument is then that the quality at the top end of the Championship and the bottom end of the Premiership, there's not much to divide it. So if you're getting a game playing for Bournemouth or, you know, Watford or somebody... then or Villa, why, with Mings. Yeah, or Villa. So why then why aren't you getting a game if you're playing at the top of the Championship? Yeah. Um, plus, you're probably likely to be getting more game time than an English player, bit part player in the Premier League. Yeah. So, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. And for me, the Championship, the standard, is one of the best leagues in the world. So, I'm trying to think of an example. If a player moved to, I don't know, the Portuguese League or something like that, I don't know why you would, but <laughs> you get my point. Um, and. They're playing really well over there. They'd probably be involved in the England setup, and the Portuguese league and the Championship, standard-wise, probably isn't that much different. I mean, you've got your Benficas and Portos, who are obviously light years ahead of the rest of the league, but the rest of the Championship is probably better than some of the rest of the teams in there. So, I know I, I just think the Championship gets overlooked when it comes to England, yeah. and it really shouldn't, especially when you've got. Calvin Phillips in there and the number of players we said this before there's four players in the England team who were playing in the playoff final last season so the quality's there yep. give them a chance anyway that's enough of my rant <laughs> let's talk about Birmingham uh, quickly because there's no shame in losing away at and, Leeds and you can argue they were slightly unlucky as well because yeah. Leeds you know, got the goal they didn't really close it out I think they had an almost equal number of shots uh, I think Birmingham had more shots than Leeds during the game, I think. So they, you know, went to a difficult place in front of the biggest home crowd of the season and, you know, put in a decent show. Yeah, they could, as you said, they could have got all three points. Yeah. Uh, however, this is just one win in their last five for Blues now. And it's a bit surprising that they're still 12th in the table. But overall, 
I think Pip, Pep Clotet's done a good job, really, hasn't he? I think better than expected, I yeah. think, is would be fair to say. You know, he's not the... You're not coming into Birmingham with the best reputation in his previous jobs. Um, they've got some decent players, especially across the midfield, haven't they? They've got some, you know, uh, Fran Valalba and Dan Crowley and stuff. They've got some decent players in there. And yeah, I think they, you know, they almost a definition of sort of mid-table this season, mm. I think. Yeah, I mean, uh, some people were tipping them for relegation at the start of the season. It's quite interesting that Pup Clotet is still... Pep Clotet. I keep calling him Pop Clotet. He's still a caretaker manager at the moment, which is very odd. Is he? Well, he was given the job after Monk obviously left. And then they made him caretaker manager. And that, for me, was a sign that if things weren't going too well, they could just, you know, sack him straight away. And things are obviously going right now, so... Give him the job. <laughs> but the problem is, you give him the job, you know, it might be like the Solskjaer thing all over again. You give him the job and they're suddenly, utterly well, terrible. I, I, I wouldn't <laughs> put that past Birmingham either because they, they do look like they could be capable of that happening. Uh, there was a bit of trouble at this game, it's worth mm. mentioning. There were 11 arrests after uh, trouble between two groups of supporters. Multiple stewards were injured. Police say they're working with both clubs to investigate what happened. Hall 2, QPR 3. Ebby Easy won it late on for Rangers. He's quality, isn't he? I, it's two of the cockiest penalties I think I've ever seen. Um, I know, and God love him, he won them both, I think, as well. So, you know, won them both, got up to take them. First one, you know, he went on a mazy run from the halfway line. You know, won the penalty. Um I hate a cocky penalty taker. I want you to do a proper run-up and I want you to slam it in the corner, right? I don't like all this faffing about, you know, just, you know. But, you know, scored two goals. So, you know, again, QPR, I think they're the only team that haven't kept a clean sheet um, in the division. Um, but, you know, what are they, fifth now, I think? Yeah, we'll, we'll get on to that in a sec. Just quickly on that penalty, because you were just talking about it then. Uh, Grant McCann wasn't very happy with it because... He's stopped twice, I think, during yep. his run-up penalty. Yep. And the keeper, George Long, was pretty much on his arse by the time the penalty was actually taken. So he's complained about it being illegal. But, I mean, the referee's not You're not supposed it. to stop, are you? No. You're supposed to always be moving forwards. But players have been doing it for ages. I, yeah. I think Ronaldo used to do it quite often. So it's one of those weird laws, really, where... It's there, but nobody really pays attention to it. It's like the six-second keeper. He's got to get rid of it after six seconds when it's in his hands, but they never do. And it really irritates me when that happens. It's the amount of times I've countered a keeper who's had the ball in his hands for 30 seconds. It's disgraceful. It's disgraceful, Nick. Maybe what they should do is when the whistle goes, the player can start the run-up, but the goalkeeper can also then move off the line at that point. So you could have the longer the run-up, the nearer the keeper would be to the ball. It'd be like ice hockey. <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah. Uh, going back to Ebby Easy, some Rangers fans are worried that they might lose him soon. Would you share those concerns? Well, he's playing very well, isn't he? Um, he's you like know, young, so. Whenever there's a young player playing very well, there's always going to be talk like that. It strikes me that even if he went in the... It's a sort of scenario where even if he went in the January window, they'd probably loan him back, you know, like the... What's the guy at Leeds? Uh, Jack, Clark. Jack Clark. Yeah. 
So I don't, I can't see the Rangers losing him for the season. Um, but if he carries on playing like this, then yes, absolutely. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, someone you, be interested. Yeah, yeah. As you mentioned, keep you off fifth now. Some Rangers fans have been asking me where I think they'll finish now because I obviously predicted QPR would finish in the bottom six. They have not let me forget that, as I found out on Twitter over the past 24 <laughs> hours. They are still relentless in their trolling of me. Uh, where do I think they'll finish now? Some have been predicting top six. I just can't see that because I think there are some quality teams going for the playoffs. And I can't see QPR finishing higher than them at the end of the season. I think top half, probably. I mean, all it takes is a bad run of form. And with QPR's defensive issues, I mean, you were speaking about it then, not kept a clean sheet yet this season. Only Barnsley and Stoke have conceded more goals. So, yeah, I'd say top half for QPR for me. I, I don't think the playoffs is realistic, but top half... Would be a good season for Mark Warburton. I mean, if they lose Ebby Easy, they'd be struggling a bit. But uh, there you go. The defence is the big concern for me. Um, Hull then, they are incredibly inconsistent. and They were absolutely terrible here, weren't they? Yeah, I mean, they had, I think they had three shots on target, scored with twice. I mean, once in the 96th minute, I think, when they were 3-1 down. Um, you know, we've said about, we've talked about the teams below them, Stoke, Huddersfield... You know, Reading to some degree, um, Middlesbrough, you can't see them being down there at the end of the season. So then you think, well, who's next? And it's sort of teams like Hull. So if I was a Hull fan, I'd be nervously looking over my shoulder at those teams and thinking, are we going to end up better than them? We're probably not. So um, then it's going to be a difficult season, I think. Yeah, the 19th now, and we've said this plenty of times, if you take Bowen, Grisicki maybe someone like Kevin Stewart out that team. It is a very average team and I agree with you. They are probably looking over their shoulder at this point, especially with two teams in particular uh, surging behind them. Uh, one of those teams is Huddersfield. They drew 2-2 with Blackburn in the early kickoff on Saturday. Uh, Lewis Holtby was amongst the goal scorers. We'll talk about him in a sec. Uh, both teams, though, probably feel like could have won this game because they were both ahead at one point, weren't they? Yeah, and I think that, um, you know, you've said before on the pod that, that Huddersfield's problem has been that they're so reliant on Carl and Grant for goals. But in Giannino Bacuña, they've had someone, you know, who's played 75-odd minutes off the bench in his last three games, scored three goals. So uh, scored again on Saturday. Lovely, really lovely footwork finish. Um, so if he can start taking some of the goal-scoring pressure off, um, the, the Huddersfield would be fine. Yeah, you know, they, actually, we've possibly even more than fine. I think. Yeah, you know, it's thirty-four games left. I think that you know, with the manager they've got and a bit of form, um, you know, they could be a surprise sort of late challenger. For what? <laughs> playoffs. Okay. I can't see him going up automatically from this position. Uh, yeah, fair uh, point. That would take quite a lot of uh, wins, but yeah. Yeah, they could do with him. A few other players chipping in with the goals as well. Uh, eight points now from a possible 12 for Huddersfield. And as you say, you get the feeling they could really surge up the table now. I mean, if they get in the top half from the start that they've had, that's a bloody good season. And as you say, I, I personally think the playoffs is maybe just out of reach because of how bad a start they've had. But it's not completely out of the realm of possibility. I think they made the change 
early enough that it's still a chance. Outside chance, but still a chance, yeah. yeah okay. Their, their pink kit makes my telly go funny as well. I don't know whether anybody else has this problem. It's so leery <laughs> that I, it goes all blurry. So I've not had that issue, but I was looking at that kit and thought to myself, I would never wear that in the street because it is is very luminous. Mm. Uh, Blackburn, Lewis Holtby, as we say, got his first goal for the club and he could be absolutely quality, couldn't he? Yeah. Uh, You know, Bradley Dack assists, Lewis Holtby goal, then they return the favour for each other for Bradley Dack's goal. Really lovely finish again. Um, You know, he's 29, German international, played in the Champions League, played for Spurs, Fulham, you know, looked... Miss, did miss a chance at 2-1. Could have put it out of sight, I think, for Rovers had he scored it. Um, but what a great player. He'll be, yeah. he'll be great for them. Yeah, yeah a free agent. Yeah. Could be an unbelievable bit of business. Uh, Blackburn don't keep many clean sheets, which is one concern I'd have for them. And We've spoke about their defence. They've had a few injuries. And losing someone like Greg Cunningham has been brilliant um, since he's come into the team. That could really put a stop to their hopes of being anything other than mid-table this season because I, that's all I see Blackburn as really. Yeah, I think I, I think that they went on a little run, didn't they, a few games ago. So you'd say as a Blackburn fan you were maybe looking up rather than down. But I think mid-table is, is I say, a handful of really good individuals. But I don't know whether it's enough for a playoff no no uh, Cardiff won Wednesday won this was the game on Friday night Lee Tomlin's free kick rescued a point for Cardiff albeit controversially because it seems like Aidan Flint uh, should have been given offside when he was doing star jumps in front of the goalkeeper yeah I mean great free kick let's take nothing away from the finish it was a great finish um you know, he's in the goalkeeper's line of vision, so you could clearly, clearly make an argument that he was interfering. He's a big fella. Was he far enough from the keeper that he should have saved it anyway? I don't know. It's it's absolute, absolute, one hundred percent classic Warnock, isn't it? You know that sort of tactic. Ta- well, tactic in inverted commas. <laughs> you know that sort of ridiculous stuff. I mean, I was watching the highlights, and you think it's just the sort of game Colin loves, isn't it? You know. It's shitting it down with rain, there's mud, hoof, 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 all over the place. You know, it's just, you know, it's like nothing has changed for him in 40-odd years, has it? Cardiff, they're so one-dimensional, as you say. It's just long ball after long ball. and I know it's a Neil Warnock team, but it goes beyond parody, really, doesn't it? And they're they're underperforming. Yeah. You know, uh, good squad... You know, competitive in the Premier League, kept most of those players together when they came down. They've added, spent money, added new players as well. And I've been pretty poor, you know, yeah. very mediocre this season. So. Yeah. Uh, if, it, if, if it was a different manager, for example, a Scott Parker, who's not got as much experience as Neil Warnock, I, I feel like Cardiff would be getting a lot more stick than they actually are because they're not actually being talked about too much. And as you no. say, they're pretty much... They were in the Premier League last season, kept yep. most of that squad together, and they're pretty good in the Premier League last season as well. Uh, Wednesday then, I don't think they were very good either. They edged the game just a bit over Cardiff, but they could have probably gone, got the win here. They would have gone joint top if they won, but they sat back very early on, didn't they? Yeah, I mean, they hit, they hit the woodwork, um, but you do think that it's one of those things where had they had a bit of a go, they could have won it. 
you know, it's a difficult place to go Cardiff, I suppose, Friday night, weather conditions were pretty poor, but you think a bit braver, uh, you know, they might have won it. So I think they should be, you know, they've sort of flattered to deceive a little bit Wednesday, but I can see him definitely top 10, definite playoff contender, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I just wanted to give a quick shout out for Jacob Murphy and his Wednesday career, because it seems to have nosedived so quickly. At the start of the season, it looked like him and Kadeem Harris on the wing would make Wednesday look like a real force this season, but he's now been dropped. And Wednesday fans keep saying they find him so frustrating. And he's he's the kind of player that every team has, where he does something spectacular one game and then does nothing for the next 10 games. And then they drop him and then they bring him back in because someone's injured and he has an amazing game yeah. and the cycle just repeats. Yeah, yeah. I mean... Yeah. They've got a couple of big strikers Wednesday, haven't they? You know, the, with a couple of decent wingers, you think that they could be that could be a real threat for well, them. Well, Harris has been brilliant so far this yeah. season. But um, the other side... Yeah, not not so great. But then his brother has done next to nothing either, has he? Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> another, the same person. Another, exactly, another <laughs> useless Murphy winger here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's finish off then, Nick, with the game that's just finished this afternoon. It's Wigan 1, Forest 0. A real shock result, really. Yeah, I mean, if, uh, although Forest have never won at Wigan, apparently, ever. Um, so from that point of view, uh, maybe not a surprise. Um, I I respect the way that Wigan try and play. I don't think they're the most talented team in the world, but I think they do try and get the ball down and try and play. Full-backs are quite progressive. Um, it's probably good for Jamal Lowe. It's his first goal for Wigan, you know, 12th game of the season. Uh, you know, they spent a bit of money on him uh, from Portsmouth. Um just slightly perplexed by Forrest's team selection. You know, I don't know whether they underestimated Wigan by leaving Lewis Graben out and and playing Rafa Murr up there, but just, I think, it's a game Forrest shouldn't have lost, I think, Definitely. in fairness. Uh, considering they're unbeaten since the opening day. Uh, I think they'd be disappointed with that. Yeah, definitely. We've, we've been bigging up Forest plenty on this podcast about the Forest bandwagon for the playoffs. Still think they will probably end up in the playoffs at the end of the season, but they could have gone joint top with a win in this game. So, yeah, it's definitely a bad result for Forest and. As you say, they're, they're sort of the opposite of QPR, aren't they? Because QPR, you know, can't keep a clean sheet for love and money and score a lot of goals. Forest are the opposite; that they're quite solid, but they're, I think they're something like I think they're twenty third out of twenty four mm. teams in the league for shots on target this season. You know, they're in the bottom third for expected goals, so they've taken, funnily enough, a lot of the chances that they've had, but they don't create a lot of chances either. Mm. Um, and so there will be days where, you know, if you don't create chances like today, you're not going to score. So. Yeah, absolutely. Let's go on to some other news from the week then. Tom Lawrence and Mason Bennett have avoided prison for drink driving. Um, Hooray! Or, or boo! I don't know which it is. So. <laughs> um, I think if you're a Derby fan, it's boo. That was it, right, okay. <laughs> if you're everyone else, it's also boo, I think, yeah. <laughs> Uh, we haven't spoke about well you haven't had the chance to speak about the um, the whole incident really do you think Tom Lawrence and Mason Bennett should have been allowed to play pretty much as soon as the incident happened 
I think, I mean, a couple of things. I think that they, they ended up being integrated back into the team for a start before the court appearance. So that seems to me a little bit strange. I think at the very minimum, you keep them out till they've seen what the, whatever, you know, because they could have gone down, couldn't they? You know, quite easily. Um, you know, it's a problem with football in some ways that, you know, everybody listening to this podcast, if that had happened to you, your work would have fired you. But doesn't those rules don't apply to football, do they? So um, I think that when I saw the Barnsley team sheet and they were both on it, or at least both at the match, I did think that was a bit, did strike me as a bit soon. But then, I don't know, football's yeah. a funny thing, isn't it? Yeah, you're absolutely right in... Ah. I, think, I think, in fairness to the manager, he had spoken to the players, they'd had a team meeting, and the players were on board with them being reintegrated and stuff, so I suppose if you're going to go about it in, in a certain way, that that's the right way. Yeah, they've of course been fined the maximum amount for wages, so plenty of uh, fans of other clubs say they should be banned, but they are still playing, well... Ben, it's not even playing. For, for all the good it's doing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Leeds had a celebration of their centenary this week, as we've already said. Uh, all the Leeds squad turned up in suits, apart from Marcello Bielsa, who turned up in a tracksuit. Well, I don't think I've ever seen him wearing anything else. No. Uh, I imagine he well, sleeps in it, if he sleeps <laughs> at all. If he's not just having... Argentinian second division games piped into yeah, his brain while he's lying down. Constantly watching yeah. who they're playing at the weekend. He's, he's a one of a kind, isn't he? Oh, he's brilliant. He's a character. And finally, Lau Taylor has dyed his hair pink. It's to raise money for cancer research. Would you ever consider dyeing your hair pink? Yeah, I mean, I think it's Daryl Gurney at the darts. The Champions League of darts this weekend is also shaving his head today, I think, for a charity. He promised he would if he raised a certain amount of money. So, okay. yeah, good on him. Would you dye hair pink? Well, if I were to raise a lot of money, I probably would, but I haven't, so I probably won't. We can organise it. Um, no, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to some polls then at the start of today's episode. We asked you a few questions on Twitter. The first one was Nathan Jones's celebrations after the result yesterday. Were they cringy or brilliant? Which one are you going uh, with? I think they were both cringy and brilliant, but I I think from everything that he's been through, he's got every right to celebrate a good win like that. 52% said cringy. It was a bit cringy, but... Our followers are savage. Yeah, God love him. He's had a tough time. <laughs> Who will finish higher, Leeds or West Brom? Ooh, West Brom. 66% said West Brom. And finally, is a hot dog a sandwich? Oh, God. Is it this again? Um, 91% said no. It's not a sandwich. I, do you know what? I understand the rationale. You, you get a... So if you get a, like a round subway roll and you cut a hole all the way down the middle of it and then you stuff a sausage all the way down it, it's a hot dog. Because the ones, at the, it's not the ones at the cinema are like that, aren't they? They're just The bread surrounds it with the sausage in the middle. And that's not a sandwich, is it? Because, you know, Why your not? sandwich, you have to slice open the bread to put your filling in and then put the bread back on. You don't inject cheese into the but middle of a bread roll, do you? When you go to Subway, it's still joint up at the side. So is Subway not a sandwich? Well, Subway is a sandwich, clearly, because it has 
No, what I'm saying is, is that you <laughs> you can make a hot dog just by stuffing a sandwich down the roll of the bread. There's no slicing or anything involved. It's like a sausage. So then it's the sausage roll, isn't it? So you're saying hot dogs are sausage rolls? I'm saying a hot dog is nearer to being a sausage roll than it is to being a sandwich. You're adding a whole new <laughs> angle to this. Is a hot dog <laughs> a sausage Mr. roll? No, it's not that either. Put it this it's, way, yeah. I'm going to keep asking this question until it's 50% it's and a, our listeners listen be- to me. Is a beef burger a sandwich? I suppose technically, yes. Why do you think it's not? Well, I'm just wondering, if you're saying that you think a hot dog is a sandwich, presumably the logical conclusion is that a, like a beef burger is also, like a Big Mac, is that a sandwich? I suppose, yeah. Well, yeah, well they call they call them sandwiches. It's in, a chicken sandwich, isn't it? Yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. Right. <laughs> Let's finish off with the Craig Bryson pub quiz. So, Nick has yes. a mystery footballer mystery championship legend who has over 200 championship appearances and played relatively recently he is going to give me six clues i am so first one i've made 231 championship appearances scoring seven and assisting seven i think there's a bit of a clue there isn't there you're looking at a defender or holding midfielder i'll go with somebody like bradley or no. I've been relegated from the Championship twice with two different clubs ten years apart. So I got relegated in 2005 and again in 2015. 2005 and 2015. I'm not very good at remembering what year players, or what clubs rather, get relegated. I'll go with... <sighs> 2015. Mm. That is very recent. Jake Buxton. No. He didn't get relegated in 2005. In 2010, I broke a Premier League record when I was given five yellow cards in my first five Premier League matches. I then scored an own goal in the sixth game. So, so relegated in 2005. Okay. By 2010, is in the Prem. And by 2015, relegated from the Championship again. Wow. Okay. Ooh. I can't think of anyone. (laughs) Which is helpful. Shall I go on? (laughs) Yeah, go on. I've played 13 times in the Europa League for two different clubs. Europa League? So he must have been a fairly handy club in the Premier League. Okay, here's my theory. Wigan were in the Europa League. And... And the Championship. And the Championship. And they got relegated pretty soon mm-hmm. after. Mm-hmm. Because they got relegated from the Premier League and then got relegated to the Championship. Uh, to the League One, sorry. Uh, the season, Two seasons after, I think. So I'm going to go with somebody from that side... And nobody's coming to mind. Callum McManaman? No, that's a, that's a terrible guess. Nope. He's... During my 468-game career, I've received a card on average every 361 minutes, including 16 in League One last season. How many clues have I got? you got one more after this. So is did 
is still playing, did play in League One last season. League One? Mm-hmm. I think Ashley might have been relegated from League One last season, possibly. Oh, I was going to say Lee Catamol. Uh, no, he's he's got abroad, hasn't he? He has now. But he, I mean, he wasn't in Europa League at any point, was he? Go on, last clue. During my career, I've played 138 games at right back, 79 as a defensive midfielder, 36 as a centre back, 29 as a left back, four on the right side of midfield, and two on the left side of midfield. How did you get this information? There's a lot of research. I rang him, rang him up. No, I didn't ring him up. Uh, lots of research. So basically, he's played everywhere in everywhere in the defence and midfield at some point. See, John O'Shea came to mind then, but I, I, I don't think that fits. Oh no, because he was at Man United. What, in two, I don't think he was it. relegated from the Championship in two thousand five, no. was he? I think he was probably in the Champions League at that oh, point. I don't know. Go on, hit me. All right, I can tell you the clubs he played for. Go on, Forest, Newcastle, Wigan, Scunthorpe United. Scunthorpe currently representing the mighty Irons Iron? Irons? Iron I don't know any Scunthorpe player who used to play in the Premier League (laughs) it is James Perch the mighty I would have never got that in a million (laughs) years I I don't know whether championship legend is quite the right term but there you go first of all He's a very forgettable player. Yeah. Second of all, I didn't know he was at Scunthorpe or playing in League One last season. I so. think he's thirty-four. So, I mean, fair play. <laughs> That's there you a, go. That is an unbelievable <laughs> Craig Bryson pub quiz selection. You're and, welcome. But, God, I've never got that in a million years. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this has been the Second Tier Podcast. Thank you, Nick, for standing in for Justin. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Oh, we'll have you back whenever one of us is on holiday (laughs) again. On holiday again, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Thank you for listening. As always, if you could... uh, give us a review on iTunes or whatever. Uh, Tell your friends about us, all that jazz, that kind of thing. Just let people know we exist. And as always, thank you for listening. I've been Ryan Dilks. I've been Nick Parkhouse. Thank you for listening. Make me feel alright. Make me feel alright.